Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. And a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and at first I did not know it was your chunk. I thought <laughs> it was a very sad handwritten book. <laughs> and I'm Carter, and speaking of Consuelo, Lillian and I took Spanish together in, in school, and so I would just uh, like to chunk to you and everyone here. Gracias para vivar en la casa. In la escuelas, in la azul, marcada. Tienes con vivir, in las fofotajasla. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. I noticed that our show is called Two Chunks and a Hunk, and not a one of us is the hunk. I did, uh, I also caught that. The first ever three chunks in a hunk. Maybe not the first one. Probably not the first one. We've ever. probably done it before. I bet Jesse Awuji was our hunk at some oh, point. Oh, definitely Jesse. Probably. Yeah. Big time Jesse. Probably. But today, our Jesse, aka our hunk, two chunks in a Jesse new podcast name. Hey, yeah, perfect. is sound man extraordinaire Adam Stout. Adam, Adam, because it, it's his birthday or his birthday happened. His birthday happened two days ago. By the time you're hearing this, yeah, two days ago. By the time you're hearing this, two days from now. By the time we're recording this, <gasps> equal distance. It's amazing. Time really <laughs> is this time a flat circle. Adam's going to be 11 years old, and we're all so proud of the young man that Way he's go, becoming. Dude. Oh, yeah. man, he's going to read. Man, man I hope you continue Torah. loving sixth grade. It's going to be such a good year for you. And next year, you get to play school sports, and it's going to be even better. Yeah, right. You're going to love it so much. <laughs> You're going to love it oh, so, so yeah. much. Really is, uh, life really is all about growing up let's keep let's stay here let's stay in this energy <laughs> hey we're talking about a movie i don't know if you guys heard yeah but this time we are talking about a movie and that mm-hmm. movie is the second movie in our series teens choice awards and the winner of the comedy category That's true voted on by you our dear dear listeners so you know you know what you've done that movie is of course bridesmaids, bridesmaids. from 2011 this one is Early, yeah, early in the decade. You got the decade started off right, apparently. Apparently, so bridesmaids. <laughs> what happened? So brides, right? You got it. You could do it. Bridesmaids. <laughs> I feel like I've been programmed to talk, and I'm working on it. Bridesmaids beat Twenty One Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. What we do in the shadows and the Grand Budapest. Hotel. That's a good list. That is a solid. The solid comedy list. list was a good, solid, solid list. list. And Bridesmaids still came out on top. That Can is. I be honest. I'm a little surprised by that. I'm not. I don't think I am. Okay. All Especially right. since I voted for it, so. I also did. Why do you think you're surprised by it? I, I, not to, uh, not to spoil the rest of our episode because we still got about 58 minutes left. <laughs> but I do not think Bridesmaids is. Honestly, even half as funny as people say that it is. Really? To be honest. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it doesn't work for me at Ooh, all. Okay. And I have a super I unique, kind of kind of wild and crazy and predictable sense of humor. Like, try and even guess what I'm going to think is funny. Yeah, you you're won't just know. so like, yeah. Out in, I know just, that. It's just crazy. I know that one thing you do find funny is old men ordering chicken noodle soup at their local diner. Imagine <laughs> the oldest man you can think of walking up to the counter saying two simple words that will change the world forever. Wait, this actually happened in y'all's real life? No, no I just, just think funny. it's funny. It's a funny it's scenario. Old men talk. If it's like, if it's like, uh, what would you have for lunch today? And the old man's like, trigger noodle, trigger noodle, trigger noodle. And that's just one sample of the the stuff I think the, is so funny. And bridesmaids just doesn't have enough of that for me. No, but, but no but, old men ordering chicken noodle <laughs> soup and bridesmaids. But genuinely, 
Yeah, there's something about it that just doesn't doesn't okay. doesn't work at a macro level for me the same way it does for everybody else. Interesting. Okay. See, this movie I think to me feels like it was a response to The Hangover. I was about to say it it to me never elevates itself above Girl Hangover and oh. I needed, I needed to be its own thing. See, I Ooh. I disagree. I to me this movie was the response and the escalation of The Hangover. Ooh, I don't me. think it escalates it in any meaningful way at all. I feel like it does. Ooh, wow. We're doing this real early. Let's let's do the rest of our show first <laughs> no, and then come back to this will. stuff. <laughs> we definitely will. But I think that's what's so interesting about this movie is it was actually- <laughs> Is I like it and you don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that interesting. <laughs> no, but it, it was nominated for an Oscar, which I just found out two today. Oscars. Two Oscars. That yes. Is, two Oscars. surprising. One of which for writing. Uh, Kristen Wiig Original and screenplay. the yeah. other woman that wrote with her. I don't remember her Scared name. Scared Passenger on the Plane. Was Wist- also a Wiston Krig. Wait. She was one of the writers? Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's very good. <laughs> I had a dream last night. You were in it. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, that's good stuff. Annie Mumolo. Mumolo. Her name's M-U- Annie? M-U-M-O-L-O. Uh, yeah. There it okay. is. Okay. Her name is Annie. Let's there write a know. movie about a character called Doge. I don't know. Just a name I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doge, you want to give us a uh, synopsis? I sure do. On this bad girl? The IMDb synopsis this week comes from a user whose username is their full email address. So I will not read that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but our good friend Jay Haley at emaildomain.com writes, There's only so many they could have to guess about now. They won't guess this one. <laughs> Annie is hitting bottom. In Milwaukee, her bakery is shuttered, her boyfriend gone, her flatmate's hideous, and she puts up with Ted, an uncaring, occasional Wii Sports partner. But she has Lillian, her best friend since childhood. When Lillian gets engaged, she asks Annie to be her maid of honor and introduces her to the four bridesmaids, an eclectic group that includes Helen, Lillian's wealthy and beautiful new friend. Helen instantly gets under Annie's skin, and competition for Lillian's affection and confidence ensues. Helen undercuts Annie's ideas, and Annie is soon out of control. Even Rhodes, a friendly, attentive cop, can't calm her. Will Annie lose Lillian's friendship and more? Dum dum dum. Wow. It's a good synopsis. They don't all have to be stinkers. This That's person true. did a good yeah, job. A pretty yeah, good idea. Way to go. go. Well done. Well played. That's not easy. So I think being green. This is the this is new ground for two chunks and a hunk, this movie. Yes. Because this is I, I would say almost unequivocally the most inappropriate movie <laughs> for family consumption that we have ever reviewed. Not not one of those family time flicks, you know. This one yeah. is uh star- I forgot how abruptly the Wii Sports is. It's Wii Sports right off the bat. Yeah. They, I mean, Much like movie. buying a new Wii, the first thing the you, first do, thing is you do, do is Wii Sports. <laughs> Wii Sports. That's true. It is a, so we don't have to obviously go into the details. Sure. Because on any podcast, no matter its rating, that might not be something that is talked about much. Sure. Sure. So amidst all the Wii Sports, there is something there, maybe a little bit plot wise, but then also just dynamically. That is just pretty funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. John Hamm did not want to be credited in this movie or be in any of the trailers because he was afraid it was going to lead people the wrong way because yeah. he had done mainly dramatic stuff. Right. I think Mad Men is even happening around this it time. Is. Yeah. And so 2011. Uh, and yeah. it was a pretty big deal. And so it was just kind of like, let's not do that. And rightly so. He does play. Boy, does he play a stinker, a real oh, big stinker, big old Stings. I love John Hamm so much. I, I think I might like him in comedic roles more he's than dramatic so roles. He's really funny. He's so funny. And we'll see him again in the action. Uh, yeah, we he's will. He's one of our, our two time or two John Hams. Two of the best series. of the decades. What's the other one? Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. 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 Starring but, Adam Driver as a child. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Driver. Baby Driver. But Very he's good. got, yeah, John Hamm's got some range, doesn't he? Yeah. I love John Hamm. He's real good. I'm a little bummed that he was never Batman. I because, think he could have been a good Batman. Because with Batman. Pattinson now, he's by the time Pattinson's done, he's going to be past his Batman time. Unless we do Beyond. Batmaning time. Yeah, unless we do Beyond. Then he could yeah. be old Bruce. That would be yes. great. That would be really I great. I think, and this is going to be, I'm not going to call it a twist. Interesting twist here. I think the crudeness in general is for this movie and for comedy, it felt important. And I'll tell you why. This is weird, okay? Okay. But forever, it feels like men in comedy have been and, and and it's probably because I'm also watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Men in comedy have been given free range to be as lewd and as crude as they want. Right. And that's funny. Yeah. 
And I can see how bridesmaids might not hit maybe to some people because it's girls in that sense. And we don't see that maybe as much, but I think it's in 2011. We didn't, I think it's really important for women in comedy that this was crude. Absolutely. Uh, And I don't think it made it any more abrasive that, that it was girls, except it was just not as familiar because there was just never the, I'm not going to say the courage to do so, Sure, but there was never probably the freedom. It was, and it's, is it Jude or Judd, Judd Apatow? Judd. Judd Apatow. 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 This is his- I believe it's pronounced 10A. He's done a ton of comedies. Yes. This is his highest grossing comedy ever. Yeah. He did this? Mm-hmm. This, is yes. a, this is a Judd joint? It's a Judd joint. Hmm. And so it costs like $17 million and made over $300 million. Wow. I was about to say the budget cannot have been high. No. I don't no. think it was. Yeah. So yeah, overall, so that we don't have to touch on it all the time, even though it'll come up again, because that's some of its funniest parts is when it's crude. Yes. Like, I think that's important to say that yeah. I'm, I was totally down for that. Yeah, and I absolutely. thought it was, it was a, a good move to go ahead and not be afraid to do that. Well, and absolutely. I, I particularly, so I want to spend a little time on Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph for a second, because they are, I think, two of the funniest phenomenal people alive. Um, just kind of in general, I yeah. think that they are both yeah. hysterical. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, when, Early on in the movie when they're at the cafe and they've both like spread chocolate on their teeth and they're just being like kind of funny and like like that. Yeah. And it's funny, but I also had the thought of like, I don't know that there are many movies I can think of where like the humor of being gross gets to be held in the hands of women. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. No way. And I think that's some of the funniest type of humor and a lot of the is crude, being gross. Yeah. A lot of the crude humor is talking about intimate things. Right. Like Kristen Wiig's impersonation at this diner. Right. Yes. As Correct. well about yeah, the sports remote. Yeah. The remote. Very funny. It very, is. very funny. But yeah, she's, she's so good. She was the other Oscar nomination here and she's my super pump. And I'll say it now, like Kristen Wiig collectively. I thought Melissa McCarthy was the other Oscar nomination. No, Kristen Wiig's writing. Oh, you're talking about for the writing. Right. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So yes. this is in her head, all this yes. stuff that's coming out. Um, because I think she, she did a lot in this, even though it is blatantly comedy and it won for best comedy of our our decade as chosen by the Chunkies. She showed a lot of range. I thought I agree in this, uh, where a lot of comedic actors do really well. And we're actually seeing her in some more dramatic roles. I just watched, uh, where'd you go? Bernadette with Uh Kate Blanchett. And she's in that and does a great job there. Wasn't she in skeleton key with Bill Hader? Uh Isn't that her? They played twins. Yeah. 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 And then she's a skeleton twins. Skeleton key is like Kate. Skeleton key is a horror movie, right? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember either way. Uh, and she's about to be a, like a pretty big villain in a superhero. Yes. And so things like that are pretty fun, but I just thought, I think she's so incredibly charming and really naturally funny. Yes. Like some of my favorite comedies are the ones that are very ad libby. Yes. And before they even started this movie, the main members of the cast did improvisation exercises for two weeks before they even cool. got into the script. And so you can really tell that her uh, driving by uh, Chris O'Dowd's character, the cop uh, trying to get his attention at the end, like all the different ways she yes. does it is very funny. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the elements of her, like, like improv skills that all felt very like, Hey, just drive by and do different stuff. Yep. And it felt very good. You I wanna, some- yeah, I want to make sure you guys got your glasses of milk because I'm going to say something spicy. Uh-oh. I love Kristen Wiig. Whoa, what are you doing funny. right now? Her as Annie in this movie is a big disconnect for me. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, it just, it does not feel integrated. Uh, Annie's character in this movie feels schizophrenic the way she's written. Because at, at one moment she's like... I don't know. There's something, it feels like we're, we're playing two things. Like sometimes she's Annie and sometimes she's Kristen Wiig doing improv things, driving past a cop. Sometimes she's Annie and sometimes she's Kristen Wiig putting chocolate on her teeth in a diner. So it you think feels, she's only, only Kristen Wiig can be funny? No, I, I don't, I'm saying that Annie can't be funny, but yeah, there's yeah. something about the writing of that character that, that doesn't quite land for me. And I can't put my finger on it. And That's it is not my super dump. It was not enough to pull me out of this movie, Yeah, sure. but I never for a second forget that she's Kristen Wiig. And I, I think that's impossible. I'm watching 30 rock right now. And I never forget that Liz is Tina Fey. Yeah. Right. Or you know like what Will I mean? Ferrell as uh, Ron Burgundy. Exactly. Like, like I'm not asking a comedian to disappear into a role, but there's something there. It just, I feel a tug of war between the script and yeah. the improv. And I think that probably goes as a whole for the whole movie. Like I can't imagine being the editor who had to splice this together. Yeah. I feel so bad for that person because there it, I get the sense that there is just this whole 
bank of improv scenes and they'd be like, okay, let's just roll. And the scene would go on forever. And then we got to chop it up together. You know what I mean? And there is, so we talked about with, there's a movie like Game Night, which is a movie that I voted to remove from the list of things to vote on for this because I don't think enough people have seen it. And, uh, but like Game Night for for me is my bullseye of a movie comedy because I prefer heavily scripted comedies where the writing carries the weight of the humor. Yeah. Um, So I, I hear where you're coming from, but. Maybe that's it is that the writing itself is not not the funny part of this movie. Sure. And I need it to be to, for me personally to buy into the whole thing. Sure. But this that. is, this was to me, bridesmaids almost marks the end of an era for the improv heavy, like yeah. theatrical comedies, like anchorman hangover, like these kinds Which of things. Which I don't typically care for or think are all that funny. Yeah. But when they're good, you know what I mean? Like anchorman was great. The sequel, when they tried to recreate the same magic was not. Hangover one was pretty funny. Two and three were terrible. And then you've got things like um, 21 Jump Street where there's some uh, like a mix of both. And to me, Bridesmaids feels like the first entrance into that realm of, hey, there's a mix of both here. And that was production. Right. That was So Apatow wanted it to be very lewd, very over the top all the time, like a lot of his movies are. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig and Annie Momolo said, no, it needs to be this more subtle humor. Uh, semi-improvisational. They were the ones that were pulling for the two-week improvisation. And so it, it really is a mix. And that's something that comes up in the trivia and then also in talking about making this yeah, movie. So no. I can see where you're I feeling think that. that. I, did, I do think that's the disconnect for me because yeah. one of my favorite things is like uh, like when when you watch Iron Man and then afterward you tell people like, that was shot mostly without a script. Like they didn't have lines. They had direction and they were improvising. And then somebody goes, oh my gosh, that was improv? And my favorite thing is that at a comedy when somebody watches something and then they're like that scene that you love so much, they improv that line. That wasn't even right, in the script. Right. Uh, like the one that comes to mind right now is, uh, is Chris Pratt on parks and rec. Right. When he's like, I typed your symptoms into WebMD and it says you have connectivity issues. <laughs> he improv that line and, and hearing that after you're like, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I don't think there's anybody who watches this movie and goes, that part was improv and surprises somebody with that. You know what I mean? Like sure. it, it, it is it is clearly improv to okay. me. Sure. I, and I hear what you're saying and I think I agree with you. It yeah. just doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know? And it's totally a personal thing. Like maybe, maybe that just bothers me. Maybe that's just a personal preference thing. Yeah. I mean, it is and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to maybe it. Um, so right at the beginning of this movie with John Hamm and um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, we're just introduced to this huge cast of, um, it's not even that huge, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's like actually a, a yeah. pretty focused cast of yeah. characters, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, um, I like it. Because uh, Ellie Kemper and the woman that plays um, the other bridesmaid that she hangs out with, they're pretty minor here. It's really Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Chris O'Dowd, Melissa McCarthy, and John uh, Hamm. Wendy McClendon Covey. Oh, and Rose Byrne, obviously. Yeah. Who's, yeah, big time. Yeah. So- I, maybe, maybe I think our best bet here is to just start introducing all of these different bridesmaids yeah. at this engagement party, mm-hmm. because, um, I love the scene of the competitive speeches feels it's so funny because it's so real that it's like, it almost causes me real anxiety. Yeah. And I think this is the first opportunity Rose Byrne gets to flex uh, her timing. A she was bit. almost my super pump because she is playing so against type in this. Like yeah. She doesn't yeah. typically do these kinds of roles and she holds her own really well. Most of the cast was actually pretty surprised because th- during that two weeks before she was yeah. more than holding her own against, I mean, at least three comedy giants. Legends. Yeah. So, I mean, Melissa McCarthy was like in ground in the groundlings with Dax Shepard. They were in the same yeah. class. Yeah. And, um, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's like second city kind of stuff. Yeah. That's yep. huge. I think there is, and this is half baked. So if you disagree with me, th- that's expected. I think there is a version of this movie that might work better for me in which Kristen Wiig and Rose Burns casting is reversed. And Kristen Wiig is allowed to be the, like, I don't know, because I guess that would probably push it into the more surreal of Kristen Wiig doing one of her voices. You know what I mean? Yeah, I the, think the rich right. elite. Barb and so. star. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's half baked. That's that's probably nothing. But yeah, they going back and forth. 
I think we get to know a lot about both of their personalities in that scene. Very quickly. Yeah. Which was pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I like that we have several shots of the onlookers. Yeah. Of like how they're reacting to what's going on. And as it grows and grows and becomes more and more ridiculous. I think we even need to go back to the couch where Maya Rudolph is telling Kristen, wait, like telling Annie that she's getting married and you can already feel Annie is not even about the process. No. Like you can read on her face that she is not genuinely excited about this. Her panicked laugh. Yeah. Is so good. Also, just while we're talking about, uh, the wedding and everything, uh, my Rudolph's character her fiance is played by tim heidecker <laughs> and every time he pops up in something i can't help but laugh because he's so weird in real life and like so <laughs> surreal in his comedy that when he pops up in things like this just playing sort of an almost no name just background so Dougie. Weird. i love yeah. it well he's also in us i just watched us he is yeah yeah and, and that was the surprise because like tim and eric that show is surreal and strange oh, it's bizarre. bizarre yeah but I, my guess is as far as us goes, him and Jordan Peele are probably pretty tight because they're both sort of into that. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, like meta comedy, yeah, kind of thing. That's which actually I think probably a good point. Yeah, really good. But at these speeches, I think what you're saying is perfect. Like we just get these little glimpses of here's who they are, here's yeah. what's driving them, um, and I think that's actually where I first start to feel kind of sorry for Rose Byrne's character realizing that she probably doesn't have a ton of friends outside of. Yeah. I mean, this is her, one of her husband's employees. Yeah. Right. Right. And so the wife of one of her husband's employees. Oh yeah. That's right. That's the connection. Few degrees of separation there. Right. Yeah. Um, between that and her kids at the like tennis club, which was very funny, but like between those moments, I think for me, it does a pretty good, but succinct job at painting a picture of, yeah, Man, I did Why not get that at all. Really? I, I did not get the sense that the movie encouraged us to feel anything for Helen until the end whenever Maya Rudolph is missing. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Between all the hints that they drop that she's so obsessed about this because she has nobody else and like yeah. her son, her stepson and stepdaughter. Like, like, I, I don't tater. know. Yeah. I don't know if that's played for laughs or genuine emotion. I don't Could have, be both. I don't have context. Yes, is the answer. Yeah, I don't have yeah. context for how to interpret that and how to carry that with me throughout the movie, though. Huh. To me. Yeah. And that's the thing that like, if it was a little more scripted, I, I think that could be made pretty clear. And I would understand what I'm supposed to be feeling as I watch this character interact with the other members of the cast. Yeah. I felt like I had more of a chance to try and, or see her heart than like Regina George, which they feel similar characters. Yeah. But Regina is just this caricature of evil. Right. He's just awful. Right. And yeah. mean, and we don't really get a ton of background info as to why. And she's just there to be a comical meanie. Whereas it, it did feel like that Helen was not, not as much so. Yeah. Hmm. I think maybe I'm she's also, awful though. That doesn't change sure. the fact she's really awful. Right. Well, to be fair, Annie's awful to her as well. Right. Oh, for sure. Correct. I think maybe yeah. we benefit. I benefit. I'll speak for myself from, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, like many, many times. And so I think maybe I benefit from that a little bit, but that, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that was a, a I think this is my third time, maybe my fourth time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of sort of some of the better, well, let's talk about tennis first and um, just briefly want to touch on how funny I think this whole thing is the over competitive hangout alone, but we're going to play against each other whole thing. Yeah. Like I am when it comes to competition, I'm weird because I'm not competitive until I am. And then when I am, I really am yeah. um, like, if it's not something I think I might be good at, then of course I'm not competitive. But as soon as it's like super smash brothers, that sounds like, like a, yeah. a detailed definition of just competitive. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. probably yeah. it. You're not, not competitive, competitive until you are not right. competitive at what people might expect you to be competitive. Right. At. Right, right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was like, Oh, I bet I can beat you in arm wrestling. It's like, yeah, I bet yeah, you, you probably can. Yeah. And then, yeah. No, I don't really have care. my feelings hurt. But yeah, I bet I could beat you in Smash Bros. Right. It's, if you said that, it's like, okay, you're wrong. There was a, a, pal- a palpable energy shift the second I said that right. to you. <laughs> right. And I yes. knew you were obviously even joking because there's no way you would have said that to me. But well, I, think I mean, that we that could settle that over a controller later. Happens. But that's the that level of competition of like, <laughs> I don't like you and I need you to lose. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I don't know what it is about me, but I think that calling people by their first name when you're angry at them is very funny. Putting somebody's first name at the end of any sentence is immediately condescending Jordan. 
Yeah, but it's Ooh. funny. Right? No, it's what I'm like it's a powerful when she's like, get it together, Deborah. It's a powerful energy, isn't it? It's a powerful there. energy. Yeah. It sets you in a interesting space. Until we rate it. Adam. <laughs> he can't respond. He's, Sorry, crying. God, he's, he's crying. He's crying. He's sobbing into his keyboard. He had a bad birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, can we talk about poop humor? I dig it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's gross. I think I dig it. <laughs> it's gross, but I'm fine with it. Like this is something that's when it's like, maybe we do need to have the conversation about, I'm not saying you have to like all poop humor. Right. Sure. Yeah. I think but I do. But if you laughed at Jeff Daniels sitting on the toilet in dumb and dumber and you didn't laugh at Melissa McCarthy sitting on the sink in this bridal <laughs> shop. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because she's a girl? Like, yeah. I, I don't, you know, it's yeah, like, no. why is that not funny? Because girls can't be gross, right? There's the joke that like, they don't even. Right. They don't fart. They don't yeah. fart. Like that doesn't happen. But yeah. It's, That's why I have really, a wife, a mom and a sister. Girls are pretty gross. They definitely do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kristen Wiig taking them to that Brazilian. Annie takes them to that Brazilian place and it already does look bad. Yeah. It's and not I think great. that's pretty funny. Annie always shows us the coolest places. Yeah. The, them covered in sweat. <laughs> oh my so gosh. So I, Kristen Wiig being in sweat. Kristen Wiig. Okay. So her taking the covered almond. Her mouth while she eats the Jordan almond is the funniest thing in this movie to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to super <laughs> pump right now. And my super pump is Kristen Wiig. And I know that's spicy because of what you said earlier. Sure. But Sure, much like food poisoning laced Brazilian food. Sure, it's very yeah. spicy. I had a lot of that chicken, <laughs> that gray lamb or chicken or whatever. <laughs> I dig after dig. I love Kristen Wiig, just kind of in general and everything. Uh, I think she's very funny in this. I think she is on a different level from most of the rest of the cast. And the scene where she is drenched in sweat, crunching a Jordan almond, Ugh. and trying not to vomit. Or poop. I'm actually hungry. Is I'm actually hungry. So good. I feel much better now. I just yeah. Think, I was just, it turns out I was just hungry. It's just, <laughs> and the like, the slow the sound of the just like like the crunch. Mm. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of ASMR is, where it's like funny because of it, but that's what it did yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, but this whole everything in the bridal shop is. Like, yeah, it's very funny. Clutch my stomach hysterical. Melissa McCarthy screaming. It's coming out of me like it's, lava. It's Chris Farlian. Like yes. really everything is. she's really doing is. is totally Chris Farley. A little bit of Jack Black, but like mostly yeah. Chris Farley. The last thing I watched Melissa McCarthy in was Gilmore Girls. Yeah. She was Suki. And so the jump in my brain from I just watched Gilmore Girls to, yeah. oh, she's Megan. Yeah. And, and then thinking about where she is, where she's at in her career now, yeah. where she was like, like nominated for roles. an Oscar yeah. last yeah. year. Like, it's because she's bananas. That's yeah. the thing with Melissa McCarthy. And that's why she's my super pump in this yeah, movie. Fair. Is because everything she's doing in this is a conscious choice. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not the like, the like lowest common denominator, like, I'm chunky, so I'm going to make jokes about being chunky. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, this is a conscious decision that she's making to do these things. And I think she is far and away the funniest part of this movie for me. She's so funny. The credit scene where she's like, where she's like, the big bear wanted a sandwich. I got a big bear sandwich (laughs) for her husband. They're actually married, which is funny. And also- this is a little blue for our podcast, maybe, but the camera's moving. Yeah. Somebody uh-huh. else is oh, there. Yeah. Somebody's there. Had, there's a third party <laughs> present at the end of this movie. I didn't even think of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's, and I, I talked about, especially at the speech, when to watch people listening, like watch people's reactions. Yeah. I feel like most of the cast does a good job with that. Melissa stands out because oh she always seems to be like semi oblivious, but just down. Like, yeah. you love yes. what you love. Totally respect yes. that. Oh, yes. she's so funny. Gosh. Yes. I actually took six puppies. There's six in my car. Yeah. I took them. And like, she's so funny. When Gosh. she's like, I might have overcommitted a little bit. Maybe the energy I can handle is around six. <laughs> <laughs> it did take nine. Yeah, she is. Nine, hey, that's right. Megan is is the is the vibe for 2020 of just like, hey, whatever. I'm down and I'm your biggest fan. She throws that leg Got a up. Best friend right here. Yeah. On the plane, she throws that leg up and like slaps her calves. <laughs> Uh, Maya Rudolph does such a great job too. She was like three months pregnant, I think, in the making of this movie. Was she really? Yeah. Wow. See, Um, I actually think Maya Rudolph might be the weakest link for me. Really? Because she doesn't do angry very well to me. That's tough. Yeah, because her comical anger and her trying to be dramatic anger. Her dramatic stuff falls way flat for me Mm. here. Yeah. Well, I was, I brought her up because I 
just her kind of like dipping down and realizing she's pooping in the street. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's happening. Funny. It's happening. It's just it's all such a cluster. Every yeah. bit of it. Yeah. Uh, Ellie Kemper throwing up on the other girl's head Ugh. is very funny to that, me. That that <laughs> actress, Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah. Wendy McLendon Covey. Covey. Mm-hmm. Her character just doesn't work at all for me. Really? Oh, completely yeah. disagree. Really? I laughed. I love loud. that she just hates her life. Yeah. I think she's an honest housewife. I think she's like the, because I watch the Bravo Real Housewives sure, yeah. kind of thing all the time. And there's a, it, keeping up appearances. Like when they're yeah. around their yeah, friends yeah. is when they are fabricating the most. Yeah. A lot of them. But my favorite ones are the ones that are just saying like, no, it's awful. Like these, I don't like these kids. Yeah. Like they're driving me crazy. Right. And I appreciated her. She's obviously that, a caricature honesty. of that, which oh, is what makes it funny. And yeah. Ellie's a caricature of the newlywed semi-innocent. Which Callie and I did go to Disney World for our honeymoon. So I guess. Yeah. You know, hey, fair now. <laughs> we fair did enough. for our one year anniversary. <laughs> we have not been. Oh, I thought you guys were in love or something. No, no, we're not. <laughs> what am I not? One of my favorite trivia pieces here was, so John Hamm actually was an acting coach, uh, theater coach before he went into the big time movie business. Yeah. And Ellie was one of his students. Very That's cool. Fun. Ellie Kemper was one of his students in his class. That's great. That's so they, they shared a movie together. I think Ellie Kemper can do more than just doughy eyed, starry eyed, naive. Yeah. Kimmy Schmidt has more, she's got more range in that, even though that's the, well, even though that's what she's yeah, playing in exactly. Kimmy Schmidt right. and that's what she plays in the office. Like I would love to see her do something other than that. I think she, I think she's got the range for it, but I think she is very good at the, Oh yeah. Very good. Naive, funny person. Um, and pairing them up seems very much on purpose. Oh, yes, most definitely. Because they are just opposite ends of the spectrum. And yet there's, they have so much in common. Well, and there's something about the the non-Ellie Kemper half of that that is just like, to me, crosses the line from funny to just deeply sad. Like, and it's like almost the point where it's like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. You know what I mean? And again, that's totally a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's the thing of like, Man, marriage is actually great. And right. Like, yeah. Like have like being happy at home is the best thing in the world. And so like, this is just like so sad to me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. For sure. But I think that's also where the humor is supposed right, to come right. from. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how'd you get there? Exactly. And I think that's a uniquely personal hang up. Sure. Right? That, that's just, that's not quite it for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, funny pairings, we are going to talk about an airplane here in just a second. But first, we're going to hop on an airplane of our very own. <gasps> take it across the pond. <laughs> head over to Shout and Out. Oh, my gosh. You were kidding. There's an airplane outside my house. Whoa. Yeah. Hop on in. That's not That's ours? Yeah. That's our logo on the site. I know. Wow. Patreon's paying off, huh? Uh, there it is. It's taking off. Hey. <laughs> Captain speaking, letting you know we've officially entered into Shout Announcement airspace. Uh, the seatbelt sign's going to remain on, but you are free to stand up and head to the restrooms if you need. Uh, we're going to be landing back in the main show in about uh, two and a half minutes. The weather outside. That is frightful, but the fire is so good. It was also almost Walter Cronkite as our pilot for Doge. Oh, what you got for me, Doge? Also, this is the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. That's what I was waiting for. My first shout out this week goes to our Twitter. If you're not following that, you're missing out on big stuff. We do more than just record a weekly episode of this podcast. We tweet. We tweet. We also tweet. We tweet and Carter's doing it and you should we tweet it. (laughs) Very good. We also have an Instagram account that is run by Doge. It's true. Which you should re- you should Instagram all again it. It's great. It is great. Uh, Doge said, is very talented. You said Instagram all, and now Instagram-a. I'm only going to post pictures of old ladies. <laughs> no, don't. Well, do that. You heard it here first. It's a completely different. Completely different. Instagram. That's our premium Instagram. <laughs> yes, premium Instagram account. But please give us a follow over there too. Uh, you'll have sound bites from episodes as they are released. Uh, actually, Instagram is one of our main places for the voting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sure is. So that's Certainly worth having. Most if at least prolific, because just like Teens Choice Awards, we're going to have other uh, crowd. You get to vote on who we kick voting. off the show this year. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the year, we want to be one chunk and one hunk. Yeah. If there's one that you don't like more than the others, you should probably follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, also want to give uh, some heads up. Our Patreon is alive and well. Boom. It's, Unreal. It's up and kicking. We have Here kicked we it off officially with the first Patreon bonus episode of a goofy movie 
And yeah. boy, howdy. Yeah, we actually just finished recording that one. That was super fun. It was that a was very fun. fun episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I'm thankful that we finally got to um, correct the wrongs of history. You guys remember that one part? Where we said, where we said Don't that. Don't say it here. Where we said that thing. Oh, it's so funny. Oh You'll gosh. never get that content. <laughs> You'll never you guess. Go subscribe to our Patreon. It's awesome. Also, the least you could do is just subscribe to the regular feed here that you're listening to right now and drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It's very helpful to us to have reviews. Yeah. iTunes reviews, iTunes reviews remain the most helpful thing you can do for our show. Yep. iTunes algorithm is bananas and it is unknowable by mortal man, but more reviews equals more good. Yep. That's true. And I mean, don't forget we are marching steadily onward towards the rottenest of tomatoes. Yeah. We're trying to get 300 reviews yeah, in apply. the next couple of months. We'll we'll I still like thought it was a million. Is it 300? A month and a half. Well, we're going to hit 300 on the way to a million. I don't feel like there's any way we can. I mean, you have to know that for sure. That's a good point. With Patreon as well, you're going to get uh, everything we've ever done. I mean, not just the episodes, but if you wanted to go back and quickly reference without having to listen through all of them, like I did for the sake of our Patreon uh, <laughs> official chunkies uh, is you can go back and reference as they're live, but then also the ones that we did two years ago. That's exactly. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. You can go back and see at a glance what we rated every movie that we've ever done, including uh, a little special thing that we'll have for movies, new movies that have come out and that we have seen individually or collectively. Yeah. So. It's pretty awesome, actually. It's a really, a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. pretty pumped about it. Stuff. Speaking of things we're pumped about, uh, wanted to, uh, actually, we're just going to let you know that we're uh, headed back down for uh, descent. So if you want to fasten those seatbelts and uh, the identity <laughs> of the trigger man. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely voice. We're going back to the show. We finally touched down back on the tarmac, which means we're back in our space for bridesmaids discussion, but they're up in the air in an airplane right now. They sure are. And we got to talk about Sitting it. Sitting next to a verified air marshal. Oh, this so the whole Melissa, sequence. The Melissa McCarthy improv here of like, I'll tape this and you will you never, will never you will find, never it, find it until I tell you what, until I want you to find it. That improv works so well for me here. Oh yeah. This entire, the, this whole, what, maybe six minutes on this airplane was almost yeah. my super pump for this Oh my movie. gosh, it's so good. It is the best stuff that this movie has to offer. <laughs> I Kristen agree. Wick with her like, no, it's, uh, it's what are somebody you else. Plants? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Help me, I'm poor. Oh my gosh. Callie and I say that mm, every day. I don't know why. You need help? <laughs> are you poor? Maybe. <laughs> All of this is so funny. The woman, we talked about her a little bit at the beginning. I guess the other writer, but the mm. woman. Is Annie, like, the real Annie. <laughs> I had a dream that we went down. You were there. <laughs> it's all it's so also, good. It's excellent. So she is afraid of flying. Yes. That did not. So, I mean, obviously I didn't watch this and go, Oh, I didn't know if she was afraid of flying, but the way that it's presented at first sounds like a dig at her for not buying a first class ticket. I think it's both. Cause she, she doesn't want like to that, fly. I and then like, we think it's because it's going to be expensive. And then we find out she's, very afraid of flying. That didn't work for me. I feel like it works better if you're like, oh, because you're afraid of flying. And then she's not afraid of flying. She's just not gonna spend the money on a first class ticket. You know what I mean? There's something That's what there. I already thought it was, is that she's like, the whole thing is how she's trying to be more genuinely affordable of a friend. Yeah. Like how she always has been. That tracks, that tracks more than a legitimate fear of airplanes. People can do keep people can be two things at one time. Sure, but the way this movie is set up, we go for complexity over clarity in that moment, and I don't think that that lands for me. I'm trying to figure it out because this this is coming up a lot for you, and I wonder if it's a because I can't think of other comedy movies that you have to be this critical with. Like, yeah, the fact that it's comedy, comedy is I can't help but be like, okay, well, these are the things I don't have to worry about in this. Because it's not asked of that a lot of the times of just a comedy. I don't know. Well, we talked last week about how lately there's been a rise in smart horror. Right. Thinking horror. Right. Yeah. 2007 lately. Yeah. <laughs> this was not during that time. Yeah. I think yeah. there has been a rise lately in smart comedy in thinking comedy. And like, I'm not saying that this is not smart because I think it's incredibly smart and incredibly yeah. witty. Um, but comedy, I think is probably inherently the most subjective thing that we that. could be reviewing. And yeah, so there absolutely. are elements that just... They don't work for me. I would have preferred a little more clarity, uh, a little bit more cleverness in the way that this is presented. It's presented pretty straightforwardly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do, you remember, yeah. do, do you remember if you liked this when you first, did you first see it around the time it came out? 
I think I first saw it around 2013, maybe. Okay. 20, did you like it then? I do didn't. Remember? Okay. No, I didn't. I, I've always, I've always felt that it was a little overrated and, and it could be the frozen effect too, where I didn't see frozen until much later mm. and it had been so overhyped for me that I had no choice, yeah. no yeah. option, but to be disappointed. That definitely had I was, influence. I, that makes sense to me. I was yeah. wondering if you were looking at a 2011 comedy that was sort of the last of an era, I think with the yeah. 2020 lens of like raised expectation. You know what I mean? I well, was wondering. I mean, maybe that's a meta discussion on the nature of our series. If something sure. is a teen's choice, if something is the best that that decade has to offer, should it not hold up? No, that's a, that's fair. That's a fair point. You know and what I mean? Because I think there are plenty of sci-fi movies. The there are plenty of sci-fi movies from the seventies that do not hold up. Sure. But they're not the best sci-fi movie of the seventies, which is star Wars, which does hold up. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, so I don't know. That's a good, that's a good conversation. No, that's, that's a good point. I, it, it's hard because for me, this movie does hold up. Does, did you like it when you first saw it? I did. Did you see it right around 2011? Yeah, I did. Okay. So, I mean, it's like Carter talked about in our, our Patreon episode that we just shot. There's an element of like seeing something at the point of release. I saw it when I was quote unquote supposed to. Exactly. Right, when, yeah. when the world is what it is, when this is released into the world. Fair. Yeah. It is most effective. And that first impression probably colors all subsequent impressions. Sure. Which, I mean, I think it's fair to take that into account for a look back at the decades of like, yeah, man, at the time this was, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's hard. Cause yeah. I, I, similarly to how you can't put yourself in, into the mindset of me when I first watched it, I can't take myself out of it. Yeah, exactly. You can only, you can only look at things through your own eyes. And sometimes that's more difficult than looking at it objectively. Yeah. But that's why we say love what you love. So Annie grounds the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Melissa McCarthy's real life husband turns out to actually be an air marshal. I love she was that. Right. That's so funny. Um, well, and I love the reveal later that she probably knew what she was looking out for. Cause she like worked for the Pentagon. Yeah. The highest, the highest government clearance. <laughs> that is so funny. That kind of surrealism is I what I wish we had yeah. a little bit. I wish we had a little more of that surrealism. Yeah. Oh, it's, good oh, it's so funny to me. And, uh, they, they bus it back and, uh, Annie in her sadness, collapses into the arms of one officer Rhodes played by Chris O'Dowd, who is very funny in officer this Officer Rhodes. Yeah. He's really good. I wonder, wait, uh, Apatow was, was he hangover? No. Did he produce that? I don't think so. I wonder if, because they even have a conversation about going to Vegas, which it's not, I mean, that's a general thing, right? But it's also right. like the hangover was, they yeah. went to Vegas. Yeah. I wonder if that's and so intended part to of them not actually going on the trip and grounding the plane and turning or turning it around. I wonder is the, Luke coming back and saying like, take care of your lightsaber kind of thing. like, like a jab yeah, yeah. at, yeah, I don't know. That's funny. I didn't even think of it till now. Yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow. I'm just double checking to make sure we weren't wrong. Judd Apatow is not, um, the hangover, but I, I'm just looking Judd he Apatow is like dumb and dumber and stuff like that, man. Right? He, his, his comedy Anchorman. is some of the best. Yeah. Genuinely. He's so tons good. Tons and tons and tons. Um, but yeah, it, that is interesting. It, Presenting it as sort of the anti-hangover where they don't go on the trip is Yeah, that's unique. interesting. It is definitely interesting. Um, so I think that if we're going to talk about Chris O'Dowd, first I want to take a step back because I realized we haven't talked about Rebel Wilson yet. Um, Rebel Wilson is my super dump. Yeah. And it's for a very simple reason. There's no complications here. I don't think she's funny. I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. really laughed at anything she's done. Um, and the, the, now I will say, I also did laugh at her one time in this movie. And I think it's, this movie is the funniest she's ever been to me. What part did you laugh at? <laughs> the Mexican drinking worm tattoo. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think I laughed more at the absurdity of the tattoo than her kind of doing it. I agree. Yeah. And I, I know people like her and I feel bad. Oh, I've, I'm I've just never not a fan. thought. I thought hey man, hate what you hate, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> yeah. But Chris O'Dowd though. I think, I think her, her quote brother is funnier than she is in this movie. I also think he's I think pretty he's funny. Very funny. Yeah. They're, uh, I think they're still roommates to this day, actually. Oh, in real life. Actors. Oh, really? Interesting. They, share, they share a home in West Hollywood. That's very fun. That yeah. is funny. Um, I find officer Rhodes to be very charming. Yeah. I he's like him great. a lot. I like him a whole name? lot. Chris O'Dowd. Chris, Chris O'Dowd. O'Dowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think he, he's very charming in his chemistry with, um, Kristen Wiig feels real partially because he's just so charming. Yeah, I dig it. There's always a real, 
I think with any uh, humorous movie, there seems to be extra room for honesty when it's like comedy, like a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I really, their banter was, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I really did. I like the dynamic of him <laughs> like taking her and actually like a lot of what happens is like she's being pulled over and she's actually getting in trouble with the law, but that's how they, because you can imagine like after they have their Wii sports and she's calling her friend to say, Hey, I got pulled over by a cop and spent the night with him. Like that just sounds like the lamest, like yeah. bad boys kind of thing ever. Yeah. And we, as the watcher know, that's not what it was at all. At all. Yeah. I love when he throws, when she throws the gross carrot at the ground, <laughs> gets up to grab it. He's like, actually that would, that would really bother me. We can't, we can't yeah. do that. Like, yeah. It's just like, yes. strict, like, I don't like littering. I'm sorry. I can't just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, it's so There's, funny. It feels like a tug of war to me between an, absurdism improv comedy and a more straightforward rom-com to me, their scenes. Yeah. That he doesn't feel like he goes in the same movie as, as rebel Wilson and her twin brother. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know which I prefer. He feels very Judd Apatow. Yes. Very much. Like his character in this feels very Judd Apatow. Very um, much. And I, hers feels a little more hangover. I would be really interested to see the first draft of this script because I don't, I don't have a lot of faith that there wasn't some kind of studio interference with one of those elements because they feel so separate. And so like they don't go in the same world. It feels like somebody said you have to include either a hangover style character or a more traditional rom-com style character. Mm, yeah. And there, I, I mean, I bet that was actually the case because I think there's enough conversation in like reporting about the movie that says that there was not necessarily, and it's funny, we, we hear that a lot in movies in general, but it's tough when it's something that seemingly influences yeah. just the entire vibe of the movie. Yeah. Does this movie feel like it would be really well suited for like a 10 year later sequel? I don't know, man. I, I don't I think it needs to be left on its own. Yeah. I, I hear you, but as I was watching it last night, all I could think is like pretty much every single person in this movie is still doing stuff. Like yeah, they're all doing stuff. And I think all of them have gotten better. Yeah. Like it just feels like it could really be in the, the story is by no means done because the story is just kind of, of a friendship things happening. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like it, it, it would do well. And I'm not normally a know. sequel advocate. I at feel all. like comedy sequels don't ever end up, but sometimes they, they do 22 jump street. Yeah, that's true. Like there are examples I mean, I, where it I works. honestly can't think of another one though. Yeah, that's fair. But there are examples. The one specific there are examples. that I just said, there are, there are examples. Example. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, anybody else found it weirdly peaceful during, uh, Annie's cathartic baking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feel like I could have watched about uh, twenty five more minutes yeah. of that. I like Boy, it. have I got good news for you about an entire channel. Tell it's me called now. The Food Network. <gasps> Whoa! And the thing about the Food Network is that there is many competitions where the bakers make the food on the Food Network, and it is pretty cool. I have to check it out. It's called the Food Network. Yes, this joke got tired. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was all improv. We didn't even script that one. Whoa. <laughs> Can't tell the difference, honestly. You guys taste that cynicism mm, on the air? Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. I was afraid Hannibal Lecter was on set. But... <laughs> With Chianti. Have you ever watched him cook that? Mm. What? Human? Yeah. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> leg meat. I don't know why it had to be leg, but it I'm felt not sure like it either, but Let's keep talking about Bridesmaids. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the movie that we're supposed to be talking about right now. I totally forgot. Um, I am not, though, a fan of the way things fall apart. This is a very rom-com centered, like nobody's talking to each other about how they honestly feel. So everything crashes and burns kind of plot point as far as the downfall of everyone. This is my super dump. Yeah. Uh, the very the, the like last probably 30 minutes of this movie are everybody being awful to everybody else and then kind of a half hearted. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been like that. And then everything's fine again. Yeah, it is. It is the like least cathartic climax of a line of conflict. Makes sense. That's probably hyperbole. I just didn't care for it. Yeah. Hyperbole is my thing. So if you yeah, can just okay. back off, sorry, that'd be really great sorry. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't care for it. There's, there's an element of like, man, you were horrible to her and you ruined every single aspect of her wedding preparation. Why would she have you stand next to her? At so her much wedding? of it was unintentional though. 
then why would you have both of them? Like, that's the thing. Like if, if it were, and maybe that's just my personality. Like yeah. if two of my close friends got into it with each other and ruined everything leading up to my wedding, I would say like, Hey, guess what? You're not my best man. And you're not a groomsman. You guys can stay home today. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to let you fight on my wedding day. Yeah. yeah. But then what if, uh, uh, they came and found you because so, you were sad. I don't know. There's so much of this that just is so like my super dump is I would have liked because so much of the story seems to need to be driven around the dynamic of the relationship between uh, Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig's characters more, more of what Maya Rudolph is about. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Cause I think that would have helped with her to come back, but ultimately it was a, I don't know the reason I'm trying to figure out like the differentiation. There's something about me watching it and knowing it was a comedy and especially with all of the kind of silly comedy that it was, I, I did not need the depth that it feels like a dramatic telling of a friendship would have to have. And so, but I, I don't know. I think, um, I really enjoyed just the absolute melting point of Kristen Wiig. I think what we're supposed to get is that from the beginning and from her career at baking that she gave up, uh, and, um, and, uh, having a mother that even though she is just like aloof seems to be having a better life than her daughter, going to AA meetings that she's just like the rest of my life stunk. The best thing I had was just my friendship with you. And now you have a new friend, which is like, she's getting married and I'm going to lose all of that. So now what do I have? Well, I actually blew my shot because I'm so jaded. I don't even like this guy who probably is perfect for me. And he's yeah. nothing like John Ham. It all falls apart. And she's just tearing up this cookie, this heart shaped cookie at the, yeah. and I, to me, I was like, that kind of made sense that she was just done. And Maya Rudolph seems to have been like drinking the juice of like of Helen. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause she also, I mean, if they, they seem to both have humble beginnings, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph's characters of like the, like we see it in the gifts, like a box of all the things. And there's like, uh, what's that candy? There's like a box of, uh, sour patch kids in there. Mm. It's just fun stuff. That's relatable to a viewer. Not like a, here's a trip to Paris to get fitted. Yeah. And so it was just like tons of that to where, oh my God, it's my wedding day. The day that's one of the most expensive days of my life. And now I have this friend who's doing something no one's ever done for me in terms of provision. Right. And she's just drinking that juice. And so now she's like a version of herself. She doesn't like. See, there's, there's an, there's like what you've just described could be a really like, doesn't sound like that story lends itself to comedy to me, to a comedy because so much of it is so real like so much is, is like deeply sad. There's, and I don't know. Like I it, think it, comedy in itself is deeply sad. Yeah, I think if you're really so good too. at being funny, you see deeply sad better than anybody else does. Personally. I, I agree. But then why not, why not do a, I don't know if you see that, then why not create something that's going to move us to that deeply sad place? It feels trivialized, that kind of stuff to me in mm. this movie. Um, and that's maybe just because I went into it expecting something that it's not going to deliver. And yeah. my expectations, like I was setting the movie up to fail because I was looking for something different. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I don't, yeah. I find myself sometimes in conversations like this, and I think it's good for us to take an aside and talk about like when there's a disagreement, sure. just specifically about a movie, I find myself, I think when I was my unhealthiest and even sometimes creeping into a podcast with two good friends is like, I find myself wanting to convince who you're wrong, but that's <laughs> right. not the place for this. Right. Cause movie making is art. And so it's even a thing too, to where like, it's not an excuse that you saw it and it maybe had too much momentum before you saw it. And it's not what you expected. You know, can you imagine with the way people talk about the Mandalorian, someone who doesn't like it is going to totally be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Because they're like, but those are the kind of opinions you need. And, and that, that's like, and I get it though. Like, it's so interesting to disagree ultimately, but also agree. I don't know. That's just good yeah. conversation. But like, I totally get what you're saying. And I also see that, but I also don't see that. Yeah, so that, that's where I'm at. So it's like, tough. I hear, we contain multitudes, Carter. We do. I hear everything you're saying. <laughs> and and I honestly have most of the same opinions about comedy that you're saying yeah. in this I mean, that's episode. A, that's like, the interesting thing is that yeah. the three of us have like, identical taste in comedy pretty much in modern comedy right. right now. Right. It just, it feels like, and I'm, this is not a dig. It feels like you and I watched two different movies yeah. when I came to bridesmaids. And I think it's probably experiential yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's okay. Well, and, and in some sense, the three of us can never watch the same movie sure, because we're yeah. watching it with the eyes that we've had since we were born in yeah. our head. Like, well, mine got switched out at eight. 
That's yeah. another. Yeah, when we when we get in the sci-fi yeah, we'll genre, oh, we'll talk more. Watch my that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know who I don't know who Nietzsche is, but I think he probably talked about this that we never see the same movies. Um, I want to talk about Rose Byrne in the car. <laughs> Just briefly, yeah. yeah. When Kristen Wiig is like, uh, "This is the first time I've ever seen you ugly." Her timing on the like, no, yeah, no, I'm not. Oh, she's no, so not. good I'm here. Not ugly. Yeah, no, even still, I don't <laughs> think I'm ugly. Uh, hilarious. She really does hold her own this whole movie. Dude, she was almost my right. super pump. She's, she's very so good. freaking funny in this. She really is. And I don't know why I'm, I don't know. Are y'all more surprised when a really dramatic actor does something funny or when a really funny actor does something dramatic? The funny first actor. One. Oh no, I'm way more surprised when a funny actor does something super, super serious. Yeah, I think I I'm know. somewhere right in the middle. I don't know. It, me, if it's improv, if it's improv and it's a really true. traditional actor, like, like kind of improving, that's amazing. To I've me. watched uh, Robert De Niro host enough Saturday Night Lives to yes. know that he's not very funny. No, he's not funny. No, yeah. but boy, is he dramatic. But I think with the right <laughs> with the right script, he can be funny. Oh yeah, right. he's but right. So he can act the words sure. that are on a page. Robert right. De Niro in Silver Linings Playbook, yeah, is perfect. So I think there's a difference between, for him between acting in a comedy movie and improving alongside a comedic right. actor you know right. what i mean and i think rose Byrne does the second one here i think so, so too well. I, I think about like adam driver who's yeah. who's not super funny i haven't seen girls maybe he's funny there but he's not funny in a lot of things he's in but he's one of my favorite people to host snl oh, his snl so because good. he feels like he could be part of the cast like yeah. his characters and the way that he transforms himself it's it lends itself to comedy in a cool way but to me that seeing somebody go from super serious and then be very funny is always more impressive to me. I don't know why than like watching Adam Sandler go to uncut gyms and be like, yeah, I mean, I, I knew he could act because being funny requires you to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Huh? It's just a different interpretation. This is just the day we disagree on everything. Huh? That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Hey, speaking of disagreeing on things, you want to rate this movie? <laughs> Do you want me to rate this movie? Absolutely. Using the scientific cinema scale with science from school. It's perfect. And it's as follows. Wait, the we're best to talk about Wilson Phillips. I'm sorry to interrupt. But like the song at the end, it's a great song. I actually love that song. It's a great song. Yeah. Genuinely one of those that just feels like, when did I ever listen to it enough to know a lot of these words kind of yeah. songs? This so, is one of those surreal fourth wall breaking things that I think works for me in this movie really well. I wish I had more of this kind of stuff or less, but the amount that I have right now doesn't feel like it works for me. I love, <laughs> I, I do love that they just chose that, you know, it's like, that was probably not like, no, there's a lot of people that watch the watch bridesmaids. And unless someone told you Wilson Phillips is at the wedding singing the song, don't recognize these three. Ladies. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's hilarious. I think right. it's so funny that they chose for the theme to be something that is just a banger to a certain subculture. Right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the most cynical thought that I had watching this movie Amazing. last night. It's, it is a memory that came into my head from a 30 rock episode I watched several months ago in which Tina Fey is talking to Alec Baldwin uh, and they're talking about ending an episode of television. And they're like, a lot of times viewers just want it to end with a happy, upbeat song. And it's really easy to confuse the emotion that you feel listening to a happy, upbeat song with genuine catharsis from any feat of storytelling. That is the thought that I had watching this element. I don't think that's what's happening here, but I'm a cynical old grump and that's no, what my brain not. went to. <laughs> Own it. He did. He claimed it just now. He That's me. Mine. I'm a cynical old it. grump. It's when me. When is mine going to come? So we have, maybe we can talk, let's do the scale. No, let's talk about it now. So like we've had these moments for Jordan, which was like my third episode ever, Pride and Prejudice. Right. Yeah. We've had it. This is, feels like the first time we have been this far apart from Doge, like 2v1. Yeah. Have maybe. we ever had that for me or am I just the middle My dude? dog, you own a poster for the Phantom Menace. That's a great point. But did it feel this tight? No. Probably not. Probably not. No, it okay. didn't. Mine's coming. You'll, it'll happen. You'll see. It'll happen. We're going to do like greatest movies of all time. And I'm like, Citizen Kane kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we all three might say that. Yeah. The best thing we can say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing, that's buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go first so that I can bum us all out. Then you can bring it back up. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stream this one. Like it's just okay to me and it's funny and I laughed and I'm, I'm not really dying to watch it again. Fair enough. 
Um, I'm buying this movie. <laughs> Not the poster, but I am buying the movie. I'm owning a copy of it and I'm popping it in. This to me, oh, I'll tell you what. This movie is, it's gray and rainy and I'm running a slight fever. So I came home from work and I'm just laying on the couch and I can't quite fall asleep. And so boom, I'm just going to watch Bride, Bridesmaids because it's silly. That gripping and entertaining to you, huh? It's a, That's not what the scale is for. I know, Doge. I know I'm being a cranky old grump. <laughs> So uh, this is in my, in my room, there's a poster of Phantom Menace and right next to it is Bridesmaids. Oh, you're buying the poster. I'm buying the poster. Bridesmaids is one of my favorite comedies. It's very good. It genuinely is. It does it, not make my top 10. That's <laughs> wild. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just love it. I really do. I think the dynamic is so funny. I think this launched, this helped to, like Kristen Wiig is more than... She would always be one of what I think one of the best cast members on SNL yes. ever. Yeah. But this also made her, I think, I don't think she gets opportunities like she has now without something that's stuck. Agreed. I agree. As bridesmaids. And so, especially as a writer, which we see, I, it just feels like this Mount Rushmore of like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler and Kristen Wiig. Kristen I, I would, there. I think 100%. I'd put Kristen her Kristen Wiig needs an ongoing television series. She really I does. That would be incredible. I you would know, love a Barry like thing too. Oh, yeah. Like give me something that's a dark comedy Some where drums. she's, she's yep. the lead there. But I think, I think that when it comes to stuff like this, so bridesmaids curb stomped the other comedy movies in the category. Yeah. I mean, like time. it honestly wasn't close. Nothing came close. You know what though? Uh, I I like what we do in the shadows so much. I do too. I feel like it's so niche. I think that's what's I've, tough. I voted for that one. I know. I think that's yeah. what's so tough when you have a voting a, platform. A like ton that. of comedy is yeah. niche like that. But to me, so I was not surprised Bridesmaids won. I was surprised yeah. by how like handily it defeated yeah, its big enemies. Time. Big time. Yeah. Like it was not even close. And so I think what I'm getting at here is like there this movie has staying power. It mm-hmm. does. I mean, it, you're right. I think it launched in a way. Kristen Wiig's career outside of improv stuff that all her UCB buddies would cast her in. Well, yeah. And it, it does though. It does have the, I don't the, know if she was part of UCB. <laughs> probably. It does have the, the anchorman vibe though. It's funny that you compare it to that movie because by the time I watched it, I knew most of the lines in it. You yeah, know what I mean? Fair. Like it, it is the movie that, uh, this is maybe spicy. It is the movie. Why that, are you afraid to say anything spicy now? Yeah, I know for real. I've already, <laughs> I've burned so many bridges with the spicy words. Uh, it it is the movie that people quote and think they're funny, but they're just saying lines they heard in a movie. Oof, Bazing. I don't uh, know how many times I've heard people. Good point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, what a so this <laughs> one was. This is great. This no, I love it. This is so good. Um, I'm just talking myself into staying Doge's friend right now. I verbally process things. That's yeah. what this whole episode has been. Do I still enjoy? Doge. Well, next week, we're going to continue the Teen's Choice Awards series with the drama category. Winner of that, of course, being The King's Speech. Guess what, guys? There's a lot of hype around this movie, and I haven't seen it yet. So uh, oh, I have oh, a guess oh, oh, on oh. how next week might accidentally go for me. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I hope I'm not a cranky old. I don't <laughs> no, like being a cranky like old a grump. Like. Yeah, I don't think that you're going to have that problem with The King's Speech. Good. Also, it's the I, drama category. I've realized yes. I'm a sucker. <laughs> For Colin Firth. Yeah. Like, I just love him. Yeah, watch 1917, and he's got a he's got a minor role in that. I'm okay. going to see it on Monday, Adam's birthday, the day before this comes out. So good. Very good. So make sure you check His that out. His birthday is Sunday. Dang. Dang. <laughs> I am a cranky old grump. No. Forgetting your grandkids' birthdays. Man, my grandson Adam's going to be so disappointed. Your 11-year-old grandson. I bet he doesn't Sound invite Man me Adam. to Grandparents' Day or his band concert. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I've invited my grandparents to. Oh, Two things man. everybody's invited their grandparents to. Uh, I did choir, not band. And I didn't do choir in school, but at church. And I was the lead in a musical. So maybe you should check yourself before you wreck yourself, Carter. The lead in a musical thing makes me gag. Why did you have to throw that in? Anyway, check that out next week. And to end this week. Not your musical, The King's Speech. Or both. <laughs> check it out next week. To end this week, I'd love for us to each say our name and how we're going to work on ourselves personally over the next week to make sure we come in in a better headspace for the next episode. <laughs> better headspace. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and uh, I'm going to up my water intake and make sure that I take a nap or two and really just think about the way that the things I say affect people. 
I'm Doge, and remember earlier in this episode when I said Megan is the 2020 vibe I'm going for? Nice, yes. I'm going to try to bring that energy next week. Whatever's going on, I am so down, and I'm your biggest fan. I love it. Slap that calf. Exactly. That kind of hurts. Yeah, it didn't sound great. I'm Carter, and I don't know, for some reason, 2019 Christmas was essential oils themed for what people would give me, and I don't know when I gave (laughs) off that vibe. And so I'm not sure when I'm going to use all of it. Maybe it's now. Maybe use for the next all of seven it. days. Every drop. Yeah. Uh, every drink. Uh, every post flush. Yeah. Every smell. It's going to be everywhere. I am going to smell so much. You're like going to be thieves. slippery. Yeah. You're going to think I, I'm going to take things straight out of your pocket. I you want know? you to be shiny like a salamander when we sit down. Just covered Can you in oil. how pungent of a smell that would be? <laughs> just trying to text people on your phone just... Shoots out of your hand like a bar of soap. Just slip and slide into every room <laughs> I think on your own slug trail. Carter, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I think the vibe you give off for essential oils is your white Range Rover and the glass of wine that you carry around with you everywhere yeah. constantly. Okay. Barefoot Moscato, the person. <laughs> well, maybe that's what it is. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.